Chapter Ten of Running Fox. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Running Fox by Elmer Grigger. Chapter Ten. Spotted Deer Disappears. The night passed without alarm, and at daylight the Delawares began to listen for signals. As the time passed and they neither saw nor heard anything of the Mohawks, they believed that they had finally abandoned the pursuit. It is good, declared Spotted Deer. Now we will hurry away from here. No, we must wait a little longer, Running Fox warned him. I believe the Mohawks have gone away, but we must be sure. Perhaps they are keeping quiet to fool us. Yes, they may be waiting along the edge of the swamp. Well, we will stay here, agreed Spotted Deer. They waited until the day was half gone, and then, having heard nothing to rouse their suspicions, they again moved cautiously toward the border of the swamp. As they neared it, they stopped and spent a long time listening and watching. The way seemed clear, however, and they determined to risk all on the chance. A few moments afterward, they crossed the boundary of the swamp and disappeared into the forest. Now we are safe, laughed Spotted Deer. Well, we got out of that trap, but there is still great danger, Running Fox warned him. This country is filled with our enemies. We must keep watching. Running Fox turned toward the west, as he believed that the Mohawks were somewhere to the eastward. Besides, if his enemies should discover his trail, he hoped to mislead them into believing that he and Spotted Deer were Shawnees, for he knew that those people lived in the great wilderness to the westward. The Delawares continued to travel until long after darkness had fallen and finally stopped in a dense forest of pines. They were greatly elated over their successful escape, but they were somewhat worried by the thought that the Mohawks might have learned their identity. If they know who we are, it will be hard to get near their camp, said Spotted Deer. Yes, that is true, replied Running Fox, but I do not believe they know who we are. I believe they took us for Shawnee scouts. The next day the Delawares turned toward the north, they had been told that the Mohawk village was somewhere within a day's journey of a large woodland lake, and they climbed to all the high places to look for it. Their efforts were in vain, however, for the vast wilderness continued unbroken as far as they could see. The following day, therefore, Running Fox proposed that they should separate and explore the country in different directions. Yes, I believe it is the best thing to do, said Spotted Deer. It was agreed that Spotted Deer should reconnoiter from a range of mountains further to the westward, while Running Fox continued northward along the ridge of hills which they had followed from the headwaters of the river. They planned to meet at the end of the second day at the base of a large pine-clad mountain about a day's journey toward the north. Well, we are going away from each other, said Running Fox. We will be in great danger. We must not let the Mohawks catch us. We will watch out, said Spotted Deer. They agreed that if either of them failed to appear at the meeting place at the appointed time, the other was to wait there a full day longer. Then if his comrade failed to appear, he was to go in search of him. The thought depressed them. They realized fully the peril of venturing alone through the stronghold of their foes. But they saw no other way of learning the location of the Mohawk camp. As Running Fox had said, it seemed to be the only thing to do, and they determined to make the best of it. Therefore they parted without further ceremony and hurried away on their mission. Early the second day, as Running Fox reconnoitred from the summit of the high mountain, 
he discovered what appeared to be a large body of water several days' journey farther toward the north. He watched it a long time, and finally decided that it must be the lake of which he had heard. Then he examined the sky for a trace of smoke from the hidden Mohawk camp. Several times he thought he had found it, but each time it turned out to be clouds, and he finally decided that it would be useless to waste more time looking for it. Well pleased with his discovery, he hastened down the mountain and set out to meet Spotted Deer. As Running Fox drew near the meeting place, he stopped to reconnoitre. Then, after he had circled carefully through the woods to make sure that no enemies were lurking in the vicinity, he continued toward the spot where he and Spotted Deer had planned to meet. Daylight had faded into dusk, and night was near at hand. They had agreed to meet before dark, and Running Fox felt quite sure that Spotted Deer was already at the meeting place. To make sure, he whistled the plaintive notes of a white-throated sparrow. It was one of the signals which they had agreed upon, and Running Fox listened anxiously for the answer. When he had repeated the song many times without getting a reply, he began to worry. Then he told himself that perhaps Spotted Deer was somewhere out of range of the signal. To make sure of reaching him, he imitated the shrill, quavering cry of Kinishkini, the panther. It echoed through the woods with startling force, and Running Fox knew that if Spotted Deer were anywhere nearer, he would be sure to hear it. Still it brought no response, and Running Fox was perplexed. Twice more he sent the startling shriek ringing through the wilderness, and each time he feared that sharp Mohawk ears might hear it and detect the counterfeit. Still he saw no other way of learning whether Spotted Deer was in the vicinity. However, as time passed and he heard nothing from his friend, he became alarmed. He wondered what had detained Spotted Deer. The question suggested many alarming possibilities, and Running Fox tried to drive them from his thoughts. He told himself that Spotted Deer would appear before the night passed, and soon after it grew dark he began to signal with the call of the little red owl. He called many times, but no response came out of the darkness. Then, when half of the night had passed, Running Fox began to lose hope. He feared that Spotted Deer had been killed or captured by the Mohawks, and the thought drove him to despair. His first impulse was to rush recklessly away in search of Spotted Deer, then he suddenly remembered that he had agreed to wait a full day at the meeting place. Running Fox spent the following day in an agony of suspense. He neither saw or heard anything of Spotted Deer, and by the time night came the miserable lad had worried himself into a frenzy of despair. He had little doubt that Spotted Deer had fallen a victim to the Mohawks, and he began to blame himself for having sent him upon the expedition. Then his heart filled with anger, and he determined to search the wilderness until he had learned the fate of his friend. If Spotted Deer was a prisoner, he vowed to rescue him, and if he had been killed, he promised to avenge his death. Then, sleep being now the question, Running Fox spent the night singing his medicine songs and praying to Katan Inuit for the safety of Spotted Deer. Day had barely dawned when Running Fox started away in search of his friend. He turned toward the west and traveled at a pace that brought him to the rugged range of mountains which Spotted Deer had sent out to explore by midday. He climbed to the top of the ridge and continued toward the north. As he sped through the forest, the distracted lad kept a constant watch for the trail of Spotted Deer. However, he was unable to find the slightest clue, and at dark he abandoned the search with a heavy heart. Having failed to discover any evidence of his friend, Running Fox was in doubt as to just what to do. He still hoped that Spotted Deer might be safe, and in that case he believed that he would eventually return to the meeting place. Running Fox realized, therefore, 
then lest he too return, Spotted Deer might go in search of him. He told himself that in that event they might never find each other. On the other hand, if Spotted Deer had been captured, each moment was precious, and Running Fox dreaded to think what might happen if he blundered into a wrong decision. At daylight, however, he determined to return to the place where they had agreed to meet. The day had ended when Running Fox finally arrived at the appointed rendezvous. He approached the spot with high hopes. At each stride he expected to hear the familiar signal from his friend. When he failed to hear it, he stopped and again whistled the notes of the white-throated sparrow. Then he waited, straining his ears for the reply. There was no answer, however, and Running Fox gave way to despair. He needed no further proof. He was sure that Spotted Deer had fallen into the hands of his foes. As he pictured his plight, Running Fox blamed himself for not continuing the search. He feared he had lost the chance of saving Spotted Deer. Running Fox knew only too well the hatred which the Mohawks held for his people, and he felt sure that they would lose little time in taking vengeance upon the unfortunate young captive. The thought drove him to distraction. He determined to return at once to the distant mountain range, and continue the search until he found the Mohawks and learned the fate of his friend. However, his strength was unequal to the task. For two days of forced traveling had completely exhausted him. He realized, therefore, that it would be folly to attempt to do anything further until he had recovered from his exertions. Night had already closed down, and the disconsolate young warrior threw himself upon the ground and moaned out his grief for his friend. At intervals he roused himself and sat up to listen. More than once he fancied he heard a cautious footfall near at hand, or a faint signal farther away, and his heart bounded wildly. Each time, however, his imagination played him false and his hope gave way to deeper despair. At other times he imitated the call of the little red owl. It was a favorite signal which he and Spotted Deer had used since their first hunting expedition, and his heart ached as it went unanswered. Then his tortured brain finally sought relief in sleep. The sun was shining when Running Fox awakened. As he opened his eyes and sat up, he exclaimed with surprise. Spotted Deer was seated within bow length of him. Yes, I am here, laughed Spotted Deer, as Running Fox continued to stare at him in speechless amazement. I cannot believe what I see, stammered Running Fox, as he moved over to Spotted Deer and seized his hand. Well, now I see that you are not a ghost. How did you get here? I came to this place while it was dark, explained Spotted Deer. Then I gave the call of the little red owl. I did that many times, but no one answered. Then I moved around looking for you. At last I found you. At first I was frightened, for I thought you were dead. When you did not move, I touched you. You did not feel it. Then I shook you. You did not feel that, either. Then I got frightened again. Well, I stooped over and listened. I heard your breath. That made me feel good. Then I said, I will sit here beside him, and pretty soon he will open his eyes and see me. Well, you kept on sleeping, and pretty soon I fell asleep. When it grew light, I opened my eyes. Then I waited. Now you see me. Running Fox spent some moments in silent meditation. He was greatly disturbed at what Spotted Deer had told him. He realized that utter exhaustion had placed him at the mercy of any foe who might have happened along. The thought worried him. He felt ashamed of his weakness. Spotted Deer, I see you here alive. It is enough, Running Fox declared warmly. I believe that the Mohawks have caught you. Now I see that you have escaped. I am feeling good again, but I must tell you that I am troubled about something else. 
You say that you came up and took hold of me. That is bad. A good war leader would not let that happen. I do not know how it happened, but I feel bad about it. Running Fox, you must not talk that way, replied Spotted Deer. Perhaps it will never happen again. You were very tired. Then Running Fox told of his exhausting search to find him, and Spotted Deer instantly understood the reason for the helpless condition in which he had found him. Now I see how it happens, said Spotted Deer. If you were not very strong, you would have been dead. Yes, if you were not a good war leader, you would not have come back here. We will not talk any more about it. Well, what did you find? inquired Running Fox. I found a big war party, declared Spotted Deer. Tell about it, Running Fox said eagerly. Well, after I went away from here, I went right to those mountains where you tried to find me, said Spotted Deer. I could not see any water, so I kept going ahead. Soon after the second sun, I heard some signals. Then I heard some more. That made me very cautious. Well, pretty soon I found an old trail. It turned back this way. Then I hid myself between some rocks and began to watch. After a long time, I heard someone coming. Then two warriors went by very fast. I could not see what they looked like. Well, I kept watching, and pretty soon I heard many voices. Then I saw that those people were not following the trail. They passed behind me. I followed them. When the next sun came, I saw that they were moving toward the place where the cold comes from. Then I climbed a high hill and saw a big piece of water. It was about two suns travel ahead of those people. Then I said, Hi, they are Mohawks, and their village is near that water. Well, I found out what I wished to know. Then I came here. When Spotted Deer finished speaking, Running Fox remained silent. He seemed to be thinking about what Spotted Deer had told him. The latter watched him closely. He wondered if he had displeased him by remaining away so long. Well, Running Fox, how do you feel about it? asked Spotted Deer. You say that you have found out what you wish to know, replied Running Fox. I'm not sure about that. I, too, saw that piece of water. I came back to tell about it. I did not see any signs of the Mohawk village. Perhaps it is near some other piece of water. You say that you could not tell who those warriors are. Then how do you know that they are Mohawks? We must not be too sure about that. There is only one way to find out. We must catch up with them. Spotted Deer, I am not saying anything against what you have done. This is our first war trail. You found those people. It was a good thing to do. Running Fox, you have spoken good words, declared Spotted Deer. Now I see that I did not find out enough about those people. Well, I will do whatever you tell me to do. We will go and find them, replied Running Fox. End of chapter 10